outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. That's seafoamworks.com to learn more. Hey, it's Turkey Week, March 11 through 17. Free shipping on all orders at First Light, FHF Gear, Phelps Game Calls, and the Meat Eater Store, too. You can pick up all the First Light gear that I wear in the turkey woods, plus so much more, including Meat Eater by Phelps Turkey Calls, which are straight-up killers, and Vortex Red Dots at 20% off. We're going to get you set up for the turkey season. So set up, in fact, that all you have to do is focus on that tom. So head on over to TheMeatEater.com, March 11 through 17 for Turkey Week. From Meat Eater's World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana, this is Cal's Week in Review, presented by Steel. Steel products are available only at authorized dealers. For more, go to SteelDealers.com. Now, here's your host, Ryan Cal Callahan. Hey, special episode, Cal's Week in Review. So uh, before we get to our special guest this week, I'm going to want to fill you in on my week, of course. And my week, uh, actually a little more than a week, was spent in the Frank Church Wilderness, which is a very special place to me. And no surprise to all of you if you're a longtime listener. It's also my birthday trip, right? So turned uh, 41 in there this year pounded the joints and uh, lost uh, at least a lot of water weight. Difficult conditions this year, real rainy, real warm, kind of the way it is across a lot of the West right now. So we don't have those cold temps and the deep snow that really move the deer around. We did see a lot of deer. And one of the interesting observations that I had was that despite finding lots of old deer, big old guts, kind of dented in hips, horse faces. They had less impressive racks than the younger bucks, uh, which was real interesting to me. So I wanted to reach out to some biologists, but at first I thought I'd throw it out on the show as to, does that make sense for deer that winter in the same area to have that much disparity? It's a great grass season, but that winter season, could it affect an age class more than another age class? I assume I know the answer to that, but in this case, you have young deer and old deer wintering in the same spot. Old deer do not put on very impressive horn growth or antler growth. Young deer did, uh, and then there they are, living side by side. Old deer, tiny horns, antlers, pushing around young deer. So that was one thing that we had to deal with. Another thing that we had to deal with was, ah, this is a rant, okay? It's just a rant warning. For everybody came across a dirty campsite in the wilderness capital w dirty ass gross campsite i picked up latex gloves i picked up you know like the really tough bathroom tissue like wet wipe type stuff that doesn't biodegrade lots and lots of partially burned peak refuel backcountry uh meals and 
it's just heartbreaking. Like this is a well off the beaten path, tough spot to get to. Doesn't really make sense for stock. It is remote and it is in just exemplary, unbelievable mule deer country. You can't write up better mule deer country. It is absolutely wonderful. Again, pristine and uh, some piggies came in there, camped, and they were so badass that they couldn't pack out trash. Little bits of trash. And keep in mind, this is the Frank Church, right? There's no grizzly bears, which is the only time I kind of give the green light to just burning trash in the backcountry. But then you pack out, you sift through and pack out your ashes. That's the only way to do it. There is literally no excuse for this. There is no excuse whatsoever. I don't care if it's a hunt of a lifetime, kid dying of cancer, and, you know, a medical emergency situation. Like, you pack out your trash. If you got your tents out of there, you got yourself out of there, you pack your freaking trash out of there. This is, like, just the absolute most disgusting human behavior. It deeply affects me. It is horrible, horrible, horrible behavior. Good news is, and this might be premature, but because I picked up uh, latex gloves, and I need your help, audience members, I want you to reach out to all your friends in law enforcement and see if it were possible to get DNA out of the inside of an old latex glove, and then we're going to find these people, and we're going to have a nice public shaming. Shame. Which is less than they deserve. Shame. Shame. In these cases, I am very much pro-capital punishment, and that's what they deserve. A public capital punishment. Some physical abuse plus shaming. And then uh, maybe like a mountain of trash then gets dumped on their yard and uh, stadium seating set up around it, and we all get to watch them pick up trash. And then we get to go through and find like the micro trash in the grass and be like, oh, here's a piece. Oh, there's a piece. You guys get what I'm saying? So uh, write in A-S-K-C-A-L, askcal at meateater.com and let's see if we can identify these little piggies. Huh? <laughs> Backcountry abusers. Disgusting. Uh, another thing that happened in there, I did shoot a deer. It was kind of a uh, case of mistaken identity, let's say. I can't say it's a bad deer. Every deer is a great deer. It's just not what uh, I really went in there for. But uh, in situations like this, the words of the outfitter ring clear in my mind when he would say, Pard, that old boy deserves better than that. And he's right. So I proudly packed out a a small uh, (laughs) mule deer buck way too far through lots lots of elevation changes. And uh, a lot of that country is just straight up and down. And I'm packing this buck straight up this mountain. It's about 7.30 at night. It's the first like crystal clear night that we have. And uh, I'm making these tiny little baby steps, right? Because that's how you move a dead deer up a mountain. In fact, I wrote a song about it. I'll share with you later. And I pause and turn my headlamp off and look around. and. 360 view down to the tips of the trees and the ridge lines and the mountains all the way around me uh, are stars. 
as just as clear as you could possibly see the stars, I was just surrounded, enveloped. In fact, I did some hiking without the headlamp on, which was not productive, but it was uh, super pretty. And uh, one of those experiences where, you know, you're in a lot of pain, physical discomfort, um, you've exerted yourself heavily, and you're trying to get home to your tent, but you just can't help but stop and like look at that scene, those stars coming down to the mountain, and realize just how darn lucky you are, how fortunate you are to be there. And I'm not going to go back and talk about the pigs with the dirty campsite shitting up the place because now I'm on to more positive things. And, you know, while I'm sitting there staring up at the stars, I had this thought that if I were to ever get abducted by an alien, it would be right then. And if I had the opportunity to ask those folks as to why they chose me, I think they would just say the same thing that I was thinking about the stars, right? They'd be like, well, we could just see you really well. You know, thoughts you have on the mountain while packing out bucks. A little taste of the song I wrote. Think of it like a musical. How do you get a dead deer up a mountain? Tiny little baby steps. What kind of steps? Little baby steps. Tiny little baby steps. Baby steps. Baby steps. Don't stop walking. Don't stop walking. If you stop, you'll be here next spring. Anyway, uh, shopping that one out to uh, some labels. We'll see. I'll keep you guys posted on that. Okay, special edition. Steve Windham, Michigan United Conservation Clubs, MUCC. As I said, we are going to have this series where we dip in, talk to conservation organizations across the country, let you know what's out there. Sometimes that club that's uh, right behind you in the Mitten State, like the MUCC. So take a listen. Enjoy, and remember to write in to A-S-K-C-A-L, that's AskCal at TheMeatEater.com, and let me know what's going on in your neck of the woods. All right, we got another special edition of Cal's Week in Review. Uh, As promised, we are going to occasionally reach out to conservation groups, both uh, state and national groups, international groups, based in conservation, that you should be involved in or at least know why they exist and what projects they're working on. Um, Even though you buy your hunting and fishing license, that's just not enough these days. And there's people like our guest today, Steve Windham, who's out there working even when you're not. It's like that 7-Eleven analogy. They may not be doing business, but they're always open. So Steve, what does the MUCC do? Yeah, thanks, Cal. Uh, Michigan United Conservation Clubs, or MUCC, uh, we were founded in 1937 by a group of 19 conservation hook and bullet clubs that wanted to insulate our natural resources policy away from political agendas and the changing whims of Lansing. Uh, Since our founding for over 86 years now, we've uh, united people to conserve, protect, and enhance our natural resources and outdoor heritage. Uh, We've got four main pillars of education, communication, policy, and habitat. And so we're the leading conservation organization in Michigan, which is non-speciated. So we're covering everything um, and making sure that everybody has an outlet to have their voice heard in Lansing, but also get hands-on with conservation, do some of our public land work, 
um, you know, make sure that next generation of students uh, falls in love with the outdoors through our youth camp that we run as well, um, but also making sure you're up to date and aware when there are things happening that affect your outdoor heritage, your ability to uh, hunt, fish, trap, shoot, recreate here in Michigan. So MUCC is the leading conservation organization. We bring together over 200 different conservation clubs from around the state, as well as we have our individual membership opportunities. So just like a Ducks Unlimited or an NDA, you can sign up as an individual member. If you're not part of a local conservation club or hook and bullet club or shooting range that is part of MUCC already. So we're able to represent every average conservationist out there across the state of Michigan from the west side of the UP down to the southwest corner, the southeast corner. If there's conservation issues or natural resources issues going on in the state, we're usually leading the fight um, and making sure that everybody is aware, up to date, has an opportunity to give back to the land, but also instill the outdoor heritage of the next generation. Uh, we offer education opportunities, uh, women's uh, learn to hunt programs, family fishing days, as well as you know our policy work, which is really our, our bread and butter in Lansing, Michigan, which is our capital, to make sure that we don't lose certain seasons, method of take, or even uh, be able to name new game species, hopefully in the future with some of the projects that we're working on. And if you're a member of one of these 200 plus hook and bullet conservation clubs in the state, uh, how would you be aware of MUCC? Yeah, so the clubs affiliate with us and then they get uh, daily or well, weekly communications from MUCC. So all the members of their club will get the information that we disseminate um, through our email system, through our website, through our text alerts and call to action. So those clubs submit a roster to us and we get that information. We add them into our database and we make sure that they're updated and aware. So we're actually representing over 40,000 um, outdoors men and outdoors women here in Michigan. And so um, if you had, you know, to be able to speak up and have a voice, it, it's really powerful throughout the state. So does that imply that like MUCC is lobbying on behalf of these groups or um, are you just uh, getting information out to the individual clubs? Yeah, we actually have legislative priorities and we're lobbying on behalf of some of the issues. So the great thing about MUCC and the structure that we have is that every member is able to submit a resolution um, to our conservation policy board. It's a group of 40 um, people throughout the state that review and vet the resolutions. And so our policy and legislative issues are set by our membership. We have an annual convention every year where we come together and vote on these resolutions. Um, they're vetted through the conservation policy board before they get to the convention. But we're doing this because there's somebody in the UP who sees an issue. There's somebody in the Northeast corner of the lower peninsula sees an issue. And so our membership brings forward these issues like, Back in the early 2000s, we changed the law to allow you and I to decide when young people get to join us in the field. So when I was a kid growing up in Michigan, you had to be 12 years old to take your hunter safety class. You had to be 14 years old to carry a rifle. And now because MUCC, we had a member who was just an electrician out of Door, Michigan, south of Grand Rapids. He wanted to choose when he took young people into the woods when they were ready and not to have the state choose that for him. In Door, Michigan, he had a lot of political clout and power, right? Tons, tons in that town of a one stoplight, but it's a great place to have something bubble up from an outdoorsman who said, I want to change this. He brought it to MUCC the first time at convention. It actually failed. He talked to some people, came back, got more information It passed unanimously. And then we went to work, MUCC did, to change the law. And that guy from Door, Michigan, who's actually our vice president of our board of directors right now, he got to go to a bill signing with the governor and change the law that now we have a youth mentor license in Michigan. We have an apprentice license, and then you have to move on and get hunter safety certified after so long. But my three children, I have a 13, a 10-year-old, and a six-year-old, 
all of my kids have used that mentor youth license and they were using it before I was even aware of MUCC myself. So we're able to have grassroots policy come from our membership, get vetted by those who are really in the know. We work with the DNR and their biologists. They're always able to see um, what resolutions we're working on. And then they come to our convention and that sets our legislative priorities, which this year we had a bill that uh, was criminalizing non-reporting of your deer harvest. Now we believe in the reporting of it. We're neutral on the reporting aspect, but we shouldn't be criminalized if you forget to do it or if your app's not working in the backcountry or you run out of time. Um, so we actually won that. We got it decriminalized. We're working on a modernizing a commercial fishing bill right now. We're working with a lot of different things um, that are making sure that the state and our natural resources are protected uh, for generations to come. Excellent. And um, yeah, just so everybody's aware, Steve has been a very consistent participant in the weekend review. He, he's always uh, been on top of sending in uh, Michigan issues and uh, we appreciate that. That's that's the way things are supposed to work. Uh, but one of these issues has uh, come up recently on commercial fishing. We've covered it on the podcast. For those who don't know, in the state of Michigan and several of the Great Lake Great Lakes states, there are commercial fisheries for freshwater fish. Uh, walleye being arguably the most famous or maybe most political. And the Lake Superior whitefish would be another one. But uh, Steve, why don't you tell us what's going on there and how that works? Yeah, House Bill 5108 is the bill we're talking about in Michigan. Um, the legislator is, I think, done for the year. So it doesn't seem it's going to move before the new legislative legislative session comes in in 2024. But um, essentially, this bill would allow commercial harvest of walleye perch and some other of our game fish species uh, through gill netting. Um, and it's not something that we believe is beneficial to anyone. Uh, we had a bill like this come up uh, many, many years ago, and we were able to knock it back then. Um, we have a bill, like I said, that actually wants to modernize the commercial fishing industry and not this 5108 that really would be detrimental to the entire stock and fishery of the Great Lakes. Um, there's some you know, miscalculations around the reporting and how often gillnets have to be in the water. Uh, we want to make sure that we're not allowing fish that are stocked and reared with, you know, licensed dollars to be taken at commercial benefit for the commercial industry. And um, so we are definitely on in tune with what the industry could need and it could benefit from. But we are also fighting back against the fact that we are not allowing them to take our game fish species. When we sent the action alert out here in Michigan, we sent over 57,000 emails to legislators. Um, and we actually had some of the sponsors after our legislative meetings with them step down and remove their name from the bill um, after we were able to educate them and help them understand what this bill could potentially do to our fisheries. Sure. And, and let's not just skip over the easy layup of a double dipping fishing on tundra type of joke there too right so <laughs> um licensed dollars are paying for uh fish hatcheries to get uh, opportunities on the ends of lines for anglers out there should those same dollars support uh individuals or or companies that are then taking those public funds in the form of fish and they get to then sell those back to uh, folks across the country, or at least they're in the Great Lakes area, right? It's a, mm -hmm. it's an interesting question. Yeah, you know, we we monitor all the Great Lakes. You know, we're working to fight the algae booms in Lake Erie to make sure that the fisheries are healthy all over. We were in a Mekai in the uh, Great Lakes Consent Decree, which you guys covered as well on the podcast, to make sure that 
Um, you know, there's not gill nets reintroduced into some fisheries around the Great Lakes. They haven't seen them in 40 years. Um, so there's lots going on with, with the Great Lakes right now. And we're happy and proud to be kind of leading most of the fights with some of our partners like Coalition to Protect Michigan's Resources and some of the charter boat associations and, and fishing associations have really stepped up to make sure that we're, uh, you know, we're doing right by our fisheries and our natural resources. And I, I hope I'm not putting my foot in my mouth here, Steve, but it's a great thing to bring up because it, it, there was an additional opportunity added to Michigan fishing recently in the form of spear fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not sure how MUCC weighed in on that, but so, yeah, we, we helped with that too. Um, so Jonathan Durka, a great guy who kind of helped bring it up a member of ours at MUCC with the Michigan spear fishing association. Um, love following his stuff on Instagram to see him down under the water, getting walleye um, through spear fishing. So another new opportunity that, um, MECC had a hand in to make sure that we can, you know, our, our membership is really getting done what we, they want us to get done. Oh, yeah. And I think it's just a great example for the nation, too, right? Like, here's an additional opportunity that we can throw in there and kind of celebrate uh, amongst the talk of losing opportunities for other species or potentially losing opportunities for other species. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time. Seafoam motor treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. It's really simple. When you pour it in your gas tank, seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can in your gas tank and let it clean your fuel system. You probably know someone who has used a can of seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. I guarantee you've listened to them because I use it you know, regularly. People everywhere rely on seafoam to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. Help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. Hey, it's Turkey Week, March 11 through 17. Free shipping on all orders at First Light, FHF Gear, Phelps Game Calls, and the Meat Eater Store too. You can pick up all the First Light gear that I wear in the Turkey Woods, plus so much more, including Meat Eater by Phelps Turkey Calls, which are straight-up killers, and Vortex Red Dots at 20% off. We're going to get you set up for the turkey season. So set up, in fact, that all you have to do is focus on that tom. So head on over to TheMeatEater.com, March 11 through 17, for Turkey Week. How much is membership? For MUCC. Yeah, yeah so MUCC is right on standard with most of the other national organizations. But when you join with us, you can know that Michigan work is getting done in the Great Lakes. You know, at the heart of the Great Lakes, we're getting everything done here. It's $35 for one year or $60 for a two year. Uh, with that membership, you're going to get all of our communications, our week, our bi-weekly conservation insider, our OTG, our on-the-ground uh, program newsletter. You're going to get our magazine, which is quarterly. It's Michigan's premier outdoor journal, Michigan Outdoors Magazine. Tells all the great stories of hunters and anglers and trappers and all of our outdoor recreation shooting um, on, in the state of Michigan. You're going to get digital access to the website as well as camp registration opportunities um, to get your kids to our summer camp, as well as get outdoors for our volunteer programs that take place on public land. Um, like the one we did with Mark Kenyon and his Working for Wildlife Tour. Uh, we do all kinds of public land work throughout the year 
with you know over 25 events around the state for all ages from river cleanups to tree planting invasive species removal uh native pollinators and trees so um you're going to get connected into michigan's conservation community um and if you're looking to join a club too we've got over 200 to refer you to um if you're looking to join like chelsea rod and gun club or the you know north ottawa rod and gun club or any of our all species conservation stuff we can get connected to those too if you're looking to build out your community that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I like to remind folks that there's a lot of retirees that are members of Rod and Gun Clubs and retirees love to talk. And uh, if you're a good worker, you can often come away with good hunting and fishing spots by joining these Rod and Gun Clubs. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, there's a lot of benefits to getting plugged into conservation work um, and, you know, that uh, expanding the the network and the community is a is a big one, obviously. Um, so, uh, what would be like the hallmark issues of MUCC, uh, right now or possibly in the, in the future? Yeah. I mean, right now with our legislative priorities, as I said, there's the modernizing commercial fishing. Um, we just got through a commercial guiding bill that we just, uh, it's on the governor's desk right now to be signed, um, to really put some regulation around guiding. We had a bunch of really reputable guides come to us and say, Hey, um, there's really no regulation in the state of Michigan. Um, so there's some things we've added to make sure that our guides are able to provide top notch, you know, customer service and and that they're not just bad actors out in the woods uh, here in Michigan. So people can learn to live and enjoy our outdoor heritage like we do. You know, we have people coming to the state. Michigan has an $11.2 billion hunting and fishing industry. So we want to make sure that stays strong and keeps those jobs flowing. Uh, lots of great companies here in Michigan that are produced out of this state that are outdoor equipment. But for us, it's really just building our membership. We need a louder voice in Lansing. We already know that there's a bill being shopped around that would remove the NRC. We have a Natural Resources Commission here in Michigan um, that you know dictates our game species, our method of take, names our game uh, species as well. Um, there is a bill being shot by one of the prominent uh, animal rights organizations that is trying to strip the NRC of their ability to name game species, as well as put the designation of game species in the sole uh, authority of the legislature. And we've seen how that's gone wrong in other states where legislatures can just vote to take away or ballot box science. You know, we are here to make sure that our natural resources are managed on a science-based program to, you know, the North American wildlife model has been a huge success. Um, we've already worked on a lot of different things. You know, we have some things in the, the, the pipe that we're really dreaming about with maybe um, some sand hills or just wolves is a big issue in Michigan right now. So we're on the wolf advisory committee. Um, there's lots that we're doing. So we need members. We need people to get plugged in, get their membership, use your voice, attend convention, help us do more and more acres of public land. Um, send your kids to camp. We have lots of scholarship for camp. Um, you can get your, your child uh, hunter safety certified. They're going to learn 22s and archery. They're also going to learn ecology and North American wildlife model and other great things like that too. So we need to instill that next generation. Um, really, you know, we've been here for 86 years and we have no intention of going anywhere, but we're seeing a lot more fights now than we ever did. Um, and with declining hunter numbers, there is a community out there I know that people can get tapped into and MECC can be the throttle for that. So what, uh, what are you doing on the education side of things? Right. So, um, it, it, you, you, MUCC is out there, uh, lobbying, which is, uh, something anybody can do, but it is intimidating. Um, there's a process to it that isn't a uh, front and center for your, uh, electricians from door County, right. Yeah. Or, uh, your drywallers from Lansing or, or anybody else. You know, so what are the steps that MUCC kind of provides for someone who 
gets in, checks it out, and, and wants to put forward a referendum or an initiative uh, at the state level. Yeah, we have a great little um, guide called Path to Policy. And so what it does is members can get that document, that uh, that guide. And when they have an issue, they would submit it to one of our quarterly conservation policy board meetings. Um, one of our different committees, whether it be wildlife or fisheries, parks and trails, um, we have these different committees built out in there. They'll help you review it, whatever committee it falls underneath. Um, and then it goes to a vote to be able to um, go to convention. And so every member gets this information. It's on our website, readily available. Um, our actual policy guy, Justin Tomei, who you know we quoted last week on the 5108 bill, um, he's an expert at all of this and can help you. We used to have a camo at the Capitol Day. We're going to hopefully bring that back in the future. My job as development director is to build those partnerships out with you know, companies, businesses, individuals who want to support the mission. Um, but everybody gets that ability to understand our path to policy. You can join the Conservation Policy Board. You can be a board member of the organization. Uh, we're building out new committees that have regional um, committees that are popping up. So there's lots of ways to get involved and get hands on with the organization. Or if you know you have a young person who wants a summer job, we need camp counselors. Uh, our education program is huge because we're out there doing family learn to fish days where it's not just a young person, the whole family learns to do it together. They get the equipment to take home. We're out there doing um, women's learn to hunt, women on the wing stuff. They were a great uh, partner in this area of the, of the state. And then also the kids camp is huge. It's eight weeks of camp. We run it for six to 16 year olds and it's helping them get educated. But then our tracks magazine, which is really neat as well. It's for fourth through sixth graders and it's eight issues throughout the school year. One subscription is eight different issues. It's all Michigan species. So there's a consumptive and a non-consumptive species. There's all kinds of great quizzes and, and stories and helps people understand and connect to the, the natural resources. Um, but really, if you have an issue, the best place to do is just reach out, emails, call, and we'll walk you through the process and get you set up if you have something that can, that can help your organization. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, just thinking about this, you know, we have uh, BHA Rendezvous in Minneapolis this year or next year rather. So you guys should come out and uh, set up, set up booth or table and make sure that uh, folks who attend know who you are and, and how to be involved. So. Yeah, we've actually got some of our board members that sit on the Michigan chapter board of BHA as well. So, you know, MUCC is great at doing the partnerships. Um, you know, Ducks Unlimited comes to us for a lot of Michigan based policy issues. We don't hire the engineers and the earth movers and the biologists. They kind of do that. So they trust us to do the lobbying and, and the hard work in the capital to get that funding, get those programs and projects. Point Moulier is a great, great example that we went and did some wetland restorations with Ducks Unlimited and the Audubon Society. So two people we might not actually think would partner well together. MUCC was able to bring all of us together and get some really great wetland work done down in the southeast part of the state. Um, but for us, it's it's just it's community through collaboration. So conservation through collaboration is just a big part of it. So we're non-speciated. We, you know, Pheasants Forever, NDA, Ducks Unlimited, they're all affiliate members of MUCC here in Michigan, um, just because of our ability to get things done and, and make sure that we do live up to our mission to protect our natural resources. That's great. That's great. Um, and I've got my tickets to the live show in Detroit. So I don't know if you're making it to that one, but I'll be at that one. Nice. Nice. I think, yeah, the Royal Oak. I think I'm missing that one. Oh, bummer. I'm, All right. I'm, I'm trying to do something really good for everybody on uh, hoof disease in Oregon. Yeah. So hopefully that balances things out in, in people's opinion. It's not a, not a, uh, not giving the big uh, Michigan hello to everybody. And <laughs> well, we give that at the office almost every day. So it's okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Um, Jordan, do you have any, any questions? 
I'm good. I, I did notice that you guys do a lot of stuff with kids. You said you had kids. Can can you talk a little bit about just the importance of that and, and reaching the next the next generation? Yeah, you know, for us, our education is one of our main pillars. And, you know, it's in our it's in our mission really to the outdoor heritage. And so instilling that in the, you know, our purpose, we say, is to protect our natural resources while educating the next generation of conservation stewards. Um, our kids camp has been going for 75 years now. Um, currently, it's in the Waterloo State Rec area out near Chelsea, Michigan. So people in uh, Wyoming might not know where that is, but our Michiganders will. Um, so it's in near Chelsea. And um, this year, we put 225 kids through camp. Um, COVID hit us pretty bad when the COVID lockdowns and shutdowns came through. Uh, we've been building back and we're going to be at full service hopefully next summer. 2024 has some really, really great weeks planned um, to be able to get kids outdoors in the Conservation Connection, um, fabulous fishing, wetland wonders, um, hunting heritage and counselors and training. So we know that there's students who would love to come back and be a counselor when they're in college and help you other young people experience and enjoy the outdoors. Uh, young people at a certain age can get their hunter safety certification when they come to camp so they can leave camp. Uh, they do archery and 22s. And for us, it's knowing that they fall in love when they actually get to experience. We've had kids, um, some of our scholarships are from the urban setting from Detroit or Flint or surrounding Jackson areas um, where these kids live in a very urban setting. They come out. We've had kids tell us they didn't know what crickets were and they didn't know what that sound was. Uh, kids that have, have never seen stars, never caught their first fish. Uh, we had one young man who came to our camp uh, when he was seven or eight years old and it go, went on to start his high school bass fishing team because he fell in love with fishing at our camp for the very first time. Our current president of the board of directors is a camp alumni. Um, and when I wear my MUCC shirt around a lot, it's amazing how many older people will tell me they're an alumni of our camp and how they still love the outdoor heritage. Um, they didn't know that we've moved a couple of times or they didn't know it was still going on. We're always trying to reconnect with those, you know, that R3 principle of reconnecting and reactivating, but it's a great place to send kids for a Christmas present. If you want to get tracks for a kid and as a gift, um, that education, that connection back to the land is one of the biggest things for all of us. And I know, you know, we all grew up in the woods, usually with our dads or uncles or whatever, but some kids don't. And so the camp allows them the connection of the natural resource and to learn how it's important to manage game, how it's important to protect our fisheries and how ecology works into our wetlands. And so it's it's a whole variety of things. And we're trying to make sure that people understand that um, you, know, you fall in love at a young age and you hold on to it forever. Yeah, I like it because, uh, you know, it's obviously it's a lot of different pieces of the puzzle here. Right. And the odd part that we know about recruitment is um, we're pretty good at uh, getting kids interested in the outdoors and then we kind of lose them. Uh, later on in life and a smaller percentage kind of comes back. So, uh, yeah. And for us, that, that connection, you know, if you can really get a kid immersed, hopefully that connection will hold on through those later teen years. And when they're able to, you know, whether they're in college or they're strapped for a budget or they just don't have the time, they're starting the family, um, those early core memories and that ability to have, you know, that experience will hopefully hold on through. And, and even if they're not actively participating in the sport itself, they understand it and they're not, an, you know, they're not anti-hunting, they're not anti-trapping. They understand the importance of it. They understand the memories they have. Maybe they don't do it anymore, but there is still that connection that they have to it to where it's not a hard line no for them, but they get um, the management of the resource and the utilization of the resource that we're able to, to highlight. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's a great point and certainly one that we've made often, right? I don't need everybody to do what I do. In fact, I don't want everybody to do what I do, uh, but I definitely want them to understand why I do what I do. Yeah. 
I just wanted to uh, tune in, just tune in and take it. You know, we make it so easy. Our, 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 our call to actions for legislative issues. You literally click a link, uh, scan a QR code, or you get a text or whatever, and you put your first last name and address in the form and it sends it to you. You can edit it if you want to add a little expose to the end of it, but it's a form letter and it looks up who your legislative, uh, you know, who your legislators are. It looks up the bill sponsors without, all you gotta do is put your info in and hit send. Um, and that's how we were able to hit, you know, over 50,000 emails to these inboxes that uh, really made uh, some noise and let people know that 5108 was something that we do not need to have go forward. And we think that in its current form, it is dead. Um, it's going to maybe be a, a vehicle to take some amendments and change it up and move forward. But in its actual form right now, we believe that it's a dead bill just because of the, the ability that we were able to jump all over it. No, that's a, that's a great example especially with a lot of the political wins and oh, uh, the marketing abilities of the political machine. It, the message out there is unfortunately watered down to like, why would you even try? And so mm -hmm. anytime that we can get these good examples out there of, like you said, not even uh, necessarily like-minded individuals, but individuals who do understand the value of these things uh, coming together on a united front can make these changes. And that's, extremely important right like that's that's the way she's supposed to work so we're happy to help people understand that just the species they chase isn't the most important species you know it's tough to get deer guys to care about fish sometimes or to care about turkeys or to you know get trappers to worry about other. like there's a lot of you know just because of the attacks we're under most of the time but mucc really allows us to be nonpartisan. so we work with both sides of the aisle and you know michigan right now is a, a majority one uh one party that they control all three chambers of the state legislature um but with MECC here, you know, we're not seen as a place to kind of take over and um, have things change too much. We want to make sure we stay nonpartisan and we bring all of our outdoors men and women together, not just for one topic, but for the natural resources as a whole, because we have the abundance of it here in Michigan. We're the second largest state with percentage of public land east of the Mississippi. Um, and, you know, we're really fighting hard to protect that against some other other things as well. That's great to hear. So uh, one more time, how do, how do folks get a, a hold of uh, MUCC? Yeah, you just MUCC.org. From that webpage, you can find all of our on-the-ground, our OTG programs. Uh, the other cool thing I'd like to mention is OTG Junior. It's an elementary um, and high school program that we have a grant for that we provide the busing, we provide lunch. Uh, we're able to get young people out and hands-on with conservation with age-appropriate uh, public land activities. And then they also learn a skill at the end of the volunteer opportunity. So they can learn um, archery or nav navigation and compass orienteering, um, lots of cool things to get people outdoors as well. But for us, it's mucc.org. Uh, get there, get, get a membership, get signed up. The two years uh, is the best deal. Um, sign up for our newsletter. The Conservation Insider goes out every two weeks. You're gonna get uh, a regular update of what's going on in our state, making sure that we're protecting our natural resources and outdoor heritage. So just MUCC.org. You can follow us on all the social media channels as well, MUCC1937, because um, you know, 86 years now we've been protecting our right to hunt, fish, and trap. That's awesome. Yeah, let's not skip the fact that uh, the OTG Junior program, you get, get a kid or two enrolled in there, mom and dad can go uh, fish or hunt on their own yeah we'll take them for the day yeah <laughs> yeah don't have to spend all day baiting hooks and tying tying on extra lures so yeah when my friends ask do i fish i say my kids fish and then i sit there so yeah i have yeah. to bait a lure darn right well thank you very much steve and it's uh it's only 35 bucks a year but you may as well go for two check out mucc you said the newsletter is is free 
Yep. You can go to the MUCC.org and right on their landing page, you can sign up for updates and alerts and just our new, our conservation insider. Right. So if you don't want to take our word for it right now, you can sign up for the newsletter, which is something I recommend to everybody. Sign up for the newsletter, see what strikes you. I guarantee that there's going to be an action item that MUCC sends out that is going to get you fired up and you're going to want to be get more involved. That's how it works. So please do. Michigan United Conservation Clubs. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. And Cal, if you win trivia soon, make sure to think of us. All right. Will do. All righty. Thank you, Steve. That's all I've got for you this week. A couple of housekeeping pieces. Check out the Mediator YouTube channel. The Aberdeen Pheasant episode was just up. Old Snorticus was kicking butt on there. Big nod and thank you to the folks in Aberdeen and to Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, who helped out a ton on uh, that episode, but also helped out a ton with the habitat ethos that grows big bucks, big birds, and big bugs. So big thank you on my part. And then there's a Kansas waterfowl episode that's coming up here too. Besides that, and this is just fair warning because it's obnoxious. It's super obnoxious. But if you're looking for deals on stuff, it's that horrid time of year again, Black Friday uh, through Cyber Monday. Uh, We used to call it Thanksgiving and it was fun and we'd go hunt and eat great food, which is what I'm going to do. But there are lots of online opportunities at TheMeatEater.com on game calls and decoys and uh, knives and all sorts of cool things that if you are in the need, you should grab right now. So that's all I got for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to write in A-S-K-C-A-L, that's AskCal at TheMeatEater.com and let me know what's going on in your neck of the woods. You know I appreciate you. Big thanks on Thanksgiving just for you. And last but not least, go visit your local knowledgeable steel dealer. Have a cup of coffee. Talk chainsaws. They're going to get you set up with what you need. They won't send you home with what you don't. And they're going to make sure you look like a pro while you do it. That's at www.steeldealers.com. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you next week. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. That's seafoamworks.com to learn more. Hey, it's Turkey Week, March 11 through 17. Free shipping on all orders at First Light, FHF Gear, Phelps Game Calls, and the Meat Eater Store, too. You can pick up all the First Light gear that I wear in the turkey woods, plus so much more, including Meat Eater by Phelps Turkey Calls, which are straight-up killers, and Vortex Red Dots at 20% off. We're going to get you set up for the turkey season. So set up, in fact, that all you have to do is focus on that tom. So head on over to TheMeatEater.com, March 11 through 17 for Turkey Week.